Ladies, gentlemen, and others, on today's episode, we have the pleasure of welcoming our first musician on the pod, and I'm so grateful. It's someone who's lent her voice to countless hit songs across so many different industries, from having performed in over 200 concerts in eight countries to selling millions of copies of her albums. We truly have a global musical sensation with us here today. Welcome to the pod, Smita. You are so multi-talented. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thank you so much, Anam. Hats. Heard so many good things about you. I look forward to this too. <laughs> Thank you. I want to just start off with understanding more about your musical career because I feel like it's so fascinating to me. A, I've always been jealous of people with great voices. <laughs> I sound particularly odd today, but normally speaking, also I feel like people with great voices have always fascinated me. So, talk me through your journey and tell me what brought you here. I was 16 when I first went on a television uh, show, which was uh, hosted by. the legendary sp balasubramanyam and i happened to pass the, i i went it i didn't even know what i was going to do after going on the show i was barely i think in my ninth grade maybe when i was on the show or 10th grade and then i didn't understand and back then you know th- there was not so many television channels and so many reality shows it was one of the first at that point and uh, I had no clue what was going to come out of it but I ended up winning episode after episode after episode and then I realized okay maybe I can also sing I knew I could sing as a child but uh, I didn't know if I could do it professionally and I didn't have the exposure but my parents were always very encouraging of you know me taking a part as a career Uh, when i didn't even know what that meant so i think it all started from there and uh, without parents like mine i wouldn't have been able to do it at an early age as 16 but uh, my first album happened when i was 18 this was right after the paduta tega ended uh, it took us a year to for production video because i had no idea what to do right and there was no music video scene in south back then it was just it had probably just started in bombay a few artists i think uh, there was uh, alisha chenoy sunita rao anaida uh, all of them who had a couple of albums uh, that had come out by then but nothing in south and we didn't think of doing something in telugu because i didn't think an industry like that existed there so we did the first album uh, music video which ahmed khan shot uh, back then this was 1999 uh, that released and uh, on the edit table uh, when ahmed was getting the song edited archie's music had archie's had a label then so archie's music uh, the head of archie's saw the video getting edited and said we want this on our list so that's how my first step into the hindi that the pop scene happened and I had so many messages my mom used to read them because I barely knew how to operate any of these things so us saying that being a telugu girl you're doing hindi stuff why don't you bring this out in telugu and that's how we ended up in 6 months getting the lyrics written in telugu and the same album releasing in telugu which really created so a few uh, weeks ago when there was an interview with another channel uh, they said so you're the og of uh, pop and uh, independent music i was like what is og i was <laughs> so sorry but what is og <laughs> said original gangster i said okay great i like that <laughs> i'm going to take that <laughs> said i'm 
so uh, my social media and all of that i keep wondering how people have the energy to actually do all of this right and then it's become so important today to be connected for many reasons and i understand that now so that's how illiterate i was when <laughs> yeah. no i love it because then it's been a whole journey for you yeah. i love that you said you had support from your parents because yeah. so many people lack that especially at a young age so when i got this call f- after a uh, call for participating in the show i said how do they know i sing how do they know that i so she didn't tell me but she silent secretly sent a tape that she recorded when i was singing randomly and sent it to uh, this address which was SPB's house address at that time in Chennai. Oh my god. And that's how it got and apparently there were thousands of tapes going every single day uh, for auditions for the show. I don't know how it got picked. I think it also, you know, a lot of luck also timing all of those play a role I believe in careers especially for artists. Yeah. So so she wasn't just supportive she was fundamentally yeah, instrumental yeah, she was the in one who actually i think she wanted to be a singer she wanted to be a musician an artist and but in her time she definitely didn't know how to do that she found a way to do it with me and saw talent so she pushed me this direction do you have a do you have a clear memory or you know like the first time you performed let's say for a live audience at one of your concerts is that something did you have her first of all with you when you performed the first time so i did perform i i cannot point out the first performance because i've I always sang like for every occasion I was singing but um, I remember after my album release the first performance was in my hometown and it was for new year's the 31st night and it was the biggest new year thing happening at that point in our uh, in Vijayawada unfortunately my grandmom had to undergo a heart uh, situation and a surgery exactly that same week as this performance so we were all like split like between hospital supporting me with performance and all of those things but yes i remember it very very clearly it was 31st december i think to the year 2000 the millennium year actually that's a big one yeah and what was that like because you go from like you said you've been singing all your life but yeah. to be but to be singing to a live audience professionally i mean your first concert technically right yeah, with the with a big audience yes it was interesting uh, but it was very home like for me because i grew up in that place i knew so many people that were there so it was i did have a little butterflies that day you know <laughs> because i didn't have mom around me at that point she was coming and going but she was stressed because her mom was also going through right. a health condition then but uh, since you're asking me now i never thought about it now i all these memories flash <laughs> yeah do you do you remember any particularly low moments because i feel like what happens on social media what happens typically when you're doing any of these you know media bites i feel like aspiring singers musicians always land up seeing the highs but i think what people sometimes forget is that people who live in the public eye in the spotlight also have so many low moments that don't necessarily get shared i'm someone that strives always to share my lows because i i i'm one of those people that's really passionate about breaking the barrier that fourth wall and making people realize that everything you see is not everything that's yeah. truly going on in this person's life there's yeah. more is there anything that made you at any point of time feel like okay you know what this isn't for me 
now i should walk away you know those moments when you feel weakened by certain things around you or any kind of lows that may not be related to your career per se but made you feel like okay i need to step away from this for a bit did you ever have any of those through your journey actually i mean while you're asking me this question i was trying to think very hard but frankly none because i've uh, i mean uh, it's not that we all go through things like every other artist like all the artists right but i think uh, success or failure didn't really change anything for me or uh, if something was bo- if somebody or something or some space wasn't for me i would naturally stay away from it and it would never bother me again right so it's never taken me through a point where okay this is not for me like i said i i saw project success at a very very young age which was also fortunate in a way because i didn't think i it didn't get to my head i didn't know what it meant so i just enjoyed it very organically didn't realize that it was a big thing i thought it was just like any other thing right it wasn't for sure uh, because all my friends were, were going to school and college and i was performing i was recording i was shooting but i didn't know anything and it just happened uh, when i look back and say oh this was my biggest uh, hit this was we sold millions of copies so there's no copies anymore i feel fortunate to have seen the full uh, you know the whole evolution of music from a cassette to a cd to a pen drive to a nothing and just online you just go on your phone and listen to music now uh, from piracy from pirating cassettes and cds to all music being everywhere so i think the journey was more important than the ups and downs and uh, i also think that i we created this space which, which was very independent for me which nobody else was part of right it was the first mover first person in that like they said og right yeah <laughs> one of the things that i wanted to also understand because you sing in so many different languages is are you as comfortable in every language like what do you like for example what do you think in like for me i think in both english and hindi depending on what i'm speaking at the time so how do you from a professional standpoint switch between this when you're singing in different languages was that something that that you had to work on so i under- i can read write uh, and speak hindi telugu and english these are the three languages not great at hindi but i can read write hindi i understand That's i can fantastic. speak a little bit uh, but uh, so when i write my songs in hindi if i sing in hindi i write them in hindi if i sing in telugu i write them in telugu and for the other languages like tamil or kannada or any other language sanskrit sanskrit is written mostly like hindi yeah. right so it's very close so i've written in the speci- in the language that i've sung in most of the time except maybe 3 or 4 but i understand uh, the lyrics and the meaning because i feel like uh, unless i feel the lyric i cannot sing i c- can't do justice to the song so yeah i think uh, it hasn't been difficult to uh, sing any other language but i always asked i w- i'm very very ocd about a lot of things so i have people sitting there I asked them is this okay is this exactly the way it should be don't give me any freedom because i'm non you know that particular it's language it's not your I'm, mother tongue it's not my mother tongue but so i'm very specific so it never really it wasn't difficult 
in fact it's a learning experience i love singing other languages languages that i don't know that's amazing when you yeah. do like when you do like let's say an instagram live do you have people coming on and asking you to sing on like a live and in a different language how do you how do you deal with something like that and do you go ahead and do these things on instagram they, live they, i i i'm quite bad uh, with my social media i'll get better but uh, yeah when i have some shows that are happening and i have to come on air so mostly people ask me for uh, uh, my hit song like my songs that they've always liked or uh, heard or all of that but uh, people asking me for some other language is rare for my own hits or something they really like i get a lot of requests do you why do you say you're bad at social media because i've skimmed through your page understand. and i feel like so it's so i have so somebody good. The, really yeah i always thought i was very boring on my social and no media. i think we're all so <laughs> critical about ourselves when it comes to social media because we land up comparing our pages with others but i feel like no you have to be you so right it doesn't um, i i don't put up too much about uh, my posts are very uh, i would say not the way they should be they can be more often or more information or more stuff because there's a lot going on in my life and i end up not taking pictures i end up not wanting to make an effort to post but i am slowly trying to get there <laughs> but i think that that's a that's a process right for so many people where social media doesn't come as organically to them it's a little bit more of an effort, effort let's say yeah. uh you are sometimes in the in the on the fence about should i live in this moment or should i document it i understand that yeah. but i think it's a process like even for me i am a creator and social media comes so organically to me but having said that even for me if i'm vlogging on a day there will be that moment where i'm like wait you know what i want to fully soak in this moment and then i'll record it after so that there's some presence of this in my vlog but i know that i truly live that moment so don't beat yourself up about <laughs> it because i feel like a lot of people go through that emotion where they're yeah. like we can do more there's social media everyone's always doing yeah. more there's i don't think anyone will ever be fully satisfied <laughs> with their own social media presence but as long as you're you that's all that matters yeah. so you don't manage your own social media you have someone that takes care of it i i would like to but i um, then you'll see nothing on my page <laughs> if i if i'm managing you my own you are too self critical for social media <laughs> my god so i don't put anything up so especially when i have something releasing and i need to do some work and i know i will not do it so i have someone doing it and if they're not doing it the way i want it then i'll be like okay let's leave it mm. so halfway through you'll see nothing happening again like yeah. you started out with music you did a little bit of acting then then, then then there's been production and now you're venturing into the more entrepreneurial space so i've been an entrepreneur from the time i was 20 years old because my first business uh, that i uh, registered was a clothing brand i did a lot of cottons because i wear a lot of cottons and comfortable clothes so we uh, started uh, and then post that uh, bubbles is uh, a brand that i started which was when i was 22 and uh, uh, we are uh, a luxury chain of uh, salons hair and beauty salons across andhra and telangana uh, and uh, old school was a natural extension to it i feel because uh, ever since th- in fact the year that bubble started i always wanted a brand that we built 
and i traveled everywhere i took my dad i said let's go see we went to these world uh, skin care fairs all of that uh, in a few places and i said maybe we can do bring these products to india that maybe this product we can label this somehow it wasn't i wasn't comfortable with the feeling of white labeling anything yeah. and then i realized after bubble uh, after old school coming to this point where we have our own manufacturing and all our 50 plus formulations uh, and all of that that we built ourselves i feel like now i understand that over 90% of the brands white label right and yeah. then i feel like this couldn't have been possible for uh, old school because of the kind of process that is involved in bringing one bottle out right from from the fruit from the vegetable to the product to the end product so i couldn't trust anyone with doing the same thing and private and labeling is a huge um is a huge thing globally it's not even just india it's yeah, it's all over everywhere. the world yeah. uh, as a brand founder myself i re- i remember when i was going from factory to factory trying to figure out what labs and factories i want to work with that's the first thing people want to sell to you they're like no just take ready and we'll slap your name on it yeah. and i'm like no that's not what i'm looking for i'm looking yeah. for people who will make the formula the way I you want it. it and then it stays custom to me because if you're going to take it and sell it to everyone how There's is it no any point. different There's no point it's just the name and how you market it right exactly. then yeah I mean what's so. the point how long did you take in that phase from going from figuring out I don't want to private label don't want to white label to figuring okay this is my setup and this is how I'm going to work on the launch of my brand uh from the day the bubbles uh, sorry from the day old school the name old school was uh, decided till today it is 6 years plus and now you are ready to go ready yeah, to roll ready to go in a like yeah may is when we plan to get into the market and it was uh, it's uh, uh, the first bunch of samples uh, went out were made in our kitchen because uh, it was shivi's birthday my daughter's i think 5th uh, birthday if i'm not wrong Uh, when uh, we had all her uh, friends about 40 of her little friends and their moms come for her birthday party i said return gifts should uh, why should only the, the kids get candy and pencils for return gifts let's give something that the moms also can use mom and baby so we made these baskets uh, with a hair oil which had which had uh, over 70 herbs infused in it then we made a body oil which had carrots beetroots pomegranates and all of those all of that cooked in our kitchen and then we had a scrub which had cucumbers sugar lemon and all of that uh, and some herbs in it said so let's package all of this write a story about how each one was made and give it to the uh, kids and parents as uh, gifts almost every single and i actually still have a photo of the packaging so these were glass bottles and we tied these uh, jute ropes around it to cover the entire almost 80% of the glass bottle labeled them put tags on it wrote stories about it and uh, made baskets cane baskets that with handles that can carry all of these things in it and uh, almost everybody called back asking for more product oh my god and i didn't have that much because we made just enough and little more maybe and everything got done so i was so thrilled that okay now people are really liking these kind of old school things 
why don't we create this as a brand and i've been thinking of doing this ever since i started bubbles i've been thinking of let's build something and then i said here we have a solution and then i started learning my own uh, studying formulation a little bit and you know it's like doing an mba versus actually starting a business mm. so i i always learn after starting after you actually have real practical experience in anything like a beat my entrepreneurial journey i started businesses ran them and then went to inciad for a year to do my graduation uh, in business management and uh, leadership uh, similarly i started this brand and then said i want to even learn how to make so tomorrow if i have to make them i should know how to make them true and i always uh, every product that you'll see uh, on in the brand will uh, have pretty much every single ingredient has been researched by me or my hand would be part of every bottle that uh, uh, will be sold because i was uh, i'm very passionate about things that i want to take up or do and be involved at every step uh, be it uh, label to package to design to your logo to the ingredients that are in the bottle and the way they are processed and the way There's, there's something very beautiful about a founder that is actually involved in every step of the way, right? Because yeah. the more hands-on you are, the more compassion your product and your brand, your ethos really is built on. And people see that. And I'm sure it's a very validating feeling when you're doing something as a return present and people are like, we want more of this. Yeah. That has to be a very lovely feeling to have. Can you tell us more about the kind of products you're launching with? Because today in present when we're recording, we're sitting on April 24th. Yeah. So in May is when you're launching. Yeah. What are the range of products that you're launching with? So our first bunch of products, we, we, we're launching 32 uh, products. Yeah, I realized it was a lot of effort to, more than creating them, making sure all the packaging, okay, we got the licenses also for all the products and the factory manufacturing, all of that. But when you're actually designing the packaging and sending it out for printing, there's so many back and forths, everything is linked to another, another, another. And one, it's not one box, it's 32 different SKUs. So, you know, it went mad for two months just looking at the number of iterations and the small word letter changes that yes. had to go into so many packaging nobody right? understands so, this more than me with you yeah. trust me <laughs> so it was very um it was like 10 people doing the same thing over and over and over again for two months or more what we thought could have been done in february is going to be only because we had all of these things that had to fall in place I uh, the, the product line we have some really really interesting product lines and if and like I said my OCD will not allow me to launch something that I will not use and I'm not the kind who use too many products but I have an eye for it and I understand textures I understand uh, ingredients and I feel comfortable with certain things that actually end up doing very well in the market this is my experience in the last 20 years that I I go touch something and say, okay, this is something I like. And then I know in a couple of months from then that that product really has taken off very well. So I felt like, okay, so if I really like what we are selling, they will be liked by people. Yeah. So uh, it's 32 products. We have uh, face wash powders, which are my favorite line because... Uh, we have one line with red sandalwood that has the face wash powder. It has a face wash gel uh, wash 
we have a scrub mask and a moisturizer then we have an spf with the cocoa almond and uh, olive that's an spf 36 yes and uh, we have an interesting line with indian spices and uh, that really helps clear off any skin issues i think that, that that's that will be a very very interesting line because it is for people who have skin that breaks out or acne prone or pollution or you're out too much uh, that's one line we have a mango line where we extract mangoes every summer uh, hundreds of them in drums and then make wine out of it and create products from them and we have we will have more fruit lines like this coming out depending on the season and uh, timing this sounds so varied and i love the sound of it because it feels like you've really got the 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 nerve of you know products and types and things that are missing from the market and i feel like the fact that you're in bath body and skin is such a great space because the indian consumer today is becoming more and more aware of the things they like and dislike and you know at the end of the day i feel like in general consumers today have far more knowledge and far more intent to know more about yeah. the products so the fact that you are so deeply driven and involved in hands on is going to make such a beautiful journey to watch even as someone on the outside i can definitely tell you that thank you so much and uh, 32 is a big number to launch with so kudos to you for being able to pull that off right off the bat <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So we were thinking is that enough because it's like <laughs> starting off something and they're not knowing what the right thing no, to do is. No, it's it is so I mean it's it it makes for a grand entry is is the way I think I would put it because typically when brands start out they typically start out with one or two categories and then of course about maybe 5 or 10 unique SKUs under each category, right? The fact that you're going in guns blazing with 32 unique skills to launch with is fantastic because it a shows the confidence that you have in your product line you've spent 6 to 7 years working formulating developing and when you're describing the products i'm trying to figure like as you were saying and i was thinking is there anything similar in the market or a brand that seems to find itself in this niche and i can't think of anything particular because the ranges that i think we do have in the market that are in those categories operate on a very international um ingredient level and what you're saying sounds so much more indian um that i think it'll have its own identity very easily uh, connectable yeah for the indian audience yeah. so more power to you and <laughs> all the best with this launch i know i'm going to be keeping my eyes out on it thank you so much that makes me so happy and uh, it actually feels good to hear this from you no absolutely my pleasure is there anything else about your journey you would like to share with us because i feel like we talked about you as a musician and of course about bubbles we've also talked about uh your upcoming venture i feel like i feel like is there anything else you'd like to share with us that has left that has become a part of your core memory over the past couple of decades so i've like you said you into music into production or business all of that right sometimes it went to a point from not even able like when i when you ask me the list of things that i do i actually may miss out talking about two or three things because there's always so much going on uh, with old school i decided that everything for me now will fall into old school because it will become a lifestyle brand and it's no more going to be just a skincare brand it will start with skincare 
but uh, we want to do old school jewelry we want to do old school precious jewelry accessories old school uh, uh, home related stuff um, nutrition so it has its it has no limitation like with old school it's like it was like a building it's been like you're actually at at one point i'm thinking whether we're building a skincare brand or we're telling stories that's the beauty of it yeah. because i think brands these days forget that selling a product is it's not, the, not product. the way yeah, yeah is not the way to acquire customers, customers. it's telling stories yeah. it's telling people what your brand is about and what your ethos is that really makes people want to come to you because when it comes to product there's so many options yeah it's the yeah. why Yeah. that really ropes them in and then this came in very naturally with the brand because uh, storytelling is part of like we grew up listening to stories and you're an artist yeah. it, <laughs> it's it, it's it, you know it's what must come naturally to you irrespective yeah so we have these apsaras on the boxes if you see them each of them has a name each of them uh, and uh, they have a name because they look like that name it was very so this one uh, evening we were sitting i have uh, friends most of us are in the creative industry some of them are actors some directors some producers all of us we were all hanging out and one evening i said today i'm super excited i'm having i have to mark this date on my calendars because it took us one year to crack apsaras we had these uh, we had some pencil sketches that were beautiful and then i said no they have to be colored and look this way this way this way then we got we gave some inspirations to the artist we couldn't get the end product the way we wanted then i had to sit on every detail of the of a garment a color a jewelry the way the apsara looked and the postures finally that was the day when we said yes we got six apsaras sorry seven apsaras right we said let's uh, as i played i said okay all of you just calm evening i said i'm playing this on the screen and uh, we have to name these apsaras now because they are they are our mascots and there are they are the storytellers of the products right we have an apsara called maya uh, who looks like maya uh, who will talk about uh, the 63 herb hair oil and how from her heirloom her ancestors brought this this recipe and how old school brought it to you with in a bottle how beautiful so we have that story so that's maya then we have uh, an apsara called meera she's a muslim apsara and she has that whole nizami hyderabadi story of how that apsara and the product line that she talks about comes from where and how old school has built that and brought it to you in a bottle so i think you know it was so much of storytelling the amount of content i can write <laughs> is like an amar chitra katha and not a skincare uh, product but anymore but that's where so, you're going to get the audience yeah. base everyone wants to know the why and i think it's so fascinating that you have it so clear in your mind um and then people get to see it it's only a matter of time yeah, so i was actually running one uh, handloom uh, like i mentioned my love for fabric handlooms right so had this store called alayam with myself and a very very close designer friend of mine we the very passionate about handlooms weavers so sat with weavers got them designed um, about 9 years or 10 years i ran this store and just few months ago i said okay i'm going to consolidate uh, i hate saying i shut that store because i couldn't physically you know do so many things i said 
let this slowly become a part of old school yeah. right old school handlooms we bring in the handlooms in different seasons within old school as a brand so it becomes lifestyle brand and uh, so i think for me everything that i've worked on everything that i've learned over the last two decades is going to be seen as old school beautiful yeah <laughs> beautiful your journey is so fascinating you're so multi hyphenated really honestly because you've done so many things and i look forward to seeing what old school brings to life across thank all you. its verticals thank you so much for coming on the pod thank you sharing so your journey being so just honest and open about all your experiences i really truly appreciate it thank you anam <laughs> my pleasure uh and anam thank you so much for having me here uh before we close so i have a question for you i'm going to take do the little role reversal <laughs> here uh and ask you uh how old school you are and what makes you old school because with old school we plan to build community of creative people artists of uh, people talking about why they are old school and what makes them that that's a very interesting question because i can't exactly pinpoint to you know something to the t but i've always been called and told that i'm very old school i've always been told that i was i've also always been told that i was always older than my years so i feel like in my head i'm old school because you're married to a south indian so that also makes you old school. really <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Having a Tamilian husband makes me old school. I think so. I love that. Another feather to my hat. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've just always been old school because I I sometimes joke about it between my mum and I in fact that I was born in the wrong era. It's a yeah. it's a long standing joke. Uh I was apparently I don't remember this but my mum tells me this. I was about 14 or 15 when I told my mum that I was going to uh, I'm so old school that I was going to marry someone a decade older than me. And when I got Gerard home the first time and I said this is the man that I'm going to marry we're a decade apart we're 11 oh, really? years apart. Uh-huh. So she was like you were right. See I always knew you were so old school you were going to land up with someone much older than you and I'm like okay. So I guess it does make me <laughs> It does make me quite old school in the best possible way. Yeah, no, I think old school is beautiful. <laughs> There's something very classic about about just you know being yeah. old school. Because our roots are all that. Yeah, right. the, it's a value system. Yeah, that I think uh, that is common to identify. And all with. of us have to some point end up going that route. Yeah. how far away can we go <laughs> <laughs> i love that thank you for yeah. thank you for asking me that and thank you for being on the pod once again thank i you. i have loved and enjoyed this conversation so much and it's so different from all of our other podcast episodes because i feel like your journey is truly 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 unique um and in the direction you're heading to now is just going to make it even more interesting to watch i hope so thank you so much for having me here. thank you